The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. What's up, hot queen? Did you bring the baby gherkin? <laughs> This is when I really felt like maybe we shouldn't do this podcast. Astronomical. I hate to see it. Wasted potential. Are you drunk? I am so drunk right now. Previously on Celebrity Book Club. (laughs) Okay, so the TLDR for chapter six is... uh, All right, so Chucky, Creepy, and... Miracle go to the mall to find a dress for Miracle for T Dodd. While they're there, the mountain explodes or something, and it's like the reveal of the Intoxabellas who graduated this year, right? The seven. So we get to meet all of them. They all correspond to someone who Tyra knows or is friends with, which we outlined, except we couldn't find one of them, I'm pretty sure. Um uh we find out about all of their really weird powers. And then all of a sudden, Lizzie shows up out of nowhere. She's having like a freak out a, a moment. Uh, she tells Tookie that they have to escape. Um, and she whispers, Exodus, who that happens to be the name of one of the Intoxabellas. So what the hell is going on there? We also meet this guy named Wingtip, who seems to just be like a homeless man who's really kind. Uh, and he encourages Tookie to go after her dreams and really emboldens her. Um, so uh, what else happens? Oh my god, so much. Um, one of the Intoxabellas notices Tookie and asks her what her name is, but Miracle's a biatch and she ruins it for her. And uh, then finally, uh, <laughs> oh god, <laughs> then finally, um, blah blah, and <laughs> Creamy's really mean to Chucky. And Chucky stands up for her for the first time because she's using the encouragement of Wingtip and also of the fact that she's going to escape tomorrow with Lizzie. And tomorrow is T-Dot, a.k.a. the Day of Discovery. I think I got everything, but I really don't know. Oh my god, bra fucking va. That was quite incredible. I am so glad that you had to summarize this chapter in not me oh i think you did it i think i promise you that my summary is not gonna clarify anything that the book actually does so it's like the same (laughs) yeah Yeah, surprisingly this is about as coherent as it's gonna get oh my 
my god, Clarabelle, you're here. Did you bring the uh, the bisque obelisk covered in spots? No, I didn't. I couldn't carry it. But I did bring the harness for Mayor Devin Rump. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Well, welcome everyone to Celebrity Book Club. I am Ryan LaSala. And I'm Clarabelle A. Ortega. And we're two authors delving into the world of celebrity penned books. Oh. It is so good to be back with you. It is good to be back. And I've got to say, this week, I feel a little bit like, where the hell is CL? Because I decided to leave Twitter and deactivate, and apparently the masses could not handle it. <laughs> you should be so flattered. The fact that people reached out through, like, like you got, like, messenger pigeons asking where you were. I got messages asking where you were. There was a thread in a Facebook group trying to figure out where I was. It was very weird. Where the hell is Clarabelle? It's Where true. The hell it's you. Is Clarabelle? It's it's about me, Tyranu. <laughs> and how do you feel um, during your your high? Well, actually, you sort of you sort of came back to calm everyone down, right? Because I I would people wouldn't stop sending me messages, and it was just making <laughs> me annoyed. And I felt like more people were reaching out to me and like interrupting me and like making me think about twitter more than like being on twitter would make me think about it so i reactivated just so that people would stop sending me messages but i'm only really there to like boost celebrity book club episodes when they come out and that's it Mm, the great and cruel irony of being the (laughs) cbc host while trying to be on (laughs) highest i don't mind being on there to boost stuff i just i think the weird thing about social media is even when you're like quote unquote on hiatus that doesn't yeah. stop people from asking questions, sending you DMs, and then, like, it looks like you're ignoring them. Because nobody looks at your name saying on hiatus, and nobody right. actually follows that anyway. People right. say, like, I'm on hiatus, and it's a, it's a lie. So right. um, so deactivating, I felt like, was, like, more soothing for me. But obviously, it not didn't for, work. Not for us. It didn't work. <laughs> the, the, the community spiraled <laughs> completely. <laughs> It was mass chaos. It was, it was, uh, you know, it sort of reminds me of, uh, of T-Dod, you know, a bunch of people just running around at random. Which, or that's what I have in my head. Which is exactly what it is. Chapter 7, XO2. Let me just shut this door. Okay, now we can get started. Okay, so we open immediately with, uh, Chris yelling. <laughs> he yells damn it woman where were you (laughs) he's talking to creamy yeah he's talking to creamy and and tookie had been asleep right so she was tired after their shopping uh, adventure and she just immediately fell asleep and chris is being like abusive (laughs) he's being abusive like basically yelling because she came because creamy came home an hour later than she said she would Right. And she's not allowed to do that. Right. And he also is, it sounds like this has been a tension that's been building up for a while, just creamy going missing. Uh, And he's really mad that she watched the seven ceremony without him. And, uh, and he says that she could have watched it from their porch, but no, she had to watch it from the parking lot of the mall, which I feel like is a little bit unfair because it, it, I mean, to me at least, it just sort of began. No one seemed mm-hmm. to really know what was happening. It's right. just this mountain blew up in, in purple and blue smoke and, and fire. And I don't think that's Creamy's fault. She couldn't have known. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Like, they literally, and they, it, it wasn't like they were at the mall for, like, a very long time. It didn't seem like 
it's, it seemed like the majority of the chapter was taken up by them watching like the big reveal, right? It wasn't mm-hmm. them searching for a billion dresses. It doesn't even seem like from what I remember, because my brain is mashed potatoes, mm-hmm. but it doesn't even seem like um, Miracle tried on tons of dresses. It seems like they found her dress pretty quickly from what I remember. Yeah. Watch me be I wrong. Been, <laughs> I know. Who knows? I too have been sipping that tater mash, my jug of tater mash. That's what I'm calling all alcohols from now on. And I truly, that, that chapter, oh gosh, I, I know our listeners probably just listened to this, but we recorded that a long time ago. Yeah. And like over a was, month ago, I feel like. Yeah. That was the nuttiest thing I'd ever read in my life. So just to, to be attacked on the basis of not being prepared for that, who could have prepared for that? No one. Right. No one. Right. And it wasn't like she was going to drive home and then miss it. Rather than just watch it while they were there, I right. I just feel like Chris is being unreasonable. But what do we expect? Um, and that'll that'll continue. Um, <laughs> yes, I also want to know for for people. Uh, Tookie's watching this. She's watching. She's like in the hallway, looking into her mother's office, which is right by the kitchen. Which I felt, you know, it's good to see myself represented on the page because my mother's office is also right by her kitchen <laughs> in my childhood home. Um, and uh, and Creamy is surrounded by, like, thousands of dolls. This is, like, the mention of Creamy's doll collection. Um, yes. So it gets a lot of description. We hear all about all of the dolls all over the place. She has a, a huge variety of them with, like, curled limbs, eyes open and closed, some that poop, some that pee. Like, a ton of description uh, about the doll collection that has... I guess been accumulating since well before Tookie had been born, which feels like an, an, an important detail um, that I'm at least going to hold on to in hopes that it turns into something later. <laughs> yeah, it really paints a picture of Creamy, and it reminds me of the villain in Return to Oz and like her I think I've said this before but her room of severed heads. It just like... It, <laughs> I, what? It just, I've never... Oh, oh! You've never seen Return to uh, Hello. This is a staple of weirdo children, especially the gays. You have to watch it. Um, you, it's I forgot I forget her name, but she is basically this like fabulous woman, and she has all of these different heads, so she can change her head to match like the look that she wants to have. Right? It's like different hairstyles, different like makeup, different look. And obviously the dolls are not the same thing, but it gives me the same sort of like feel like of this woman surrounded by like these creepy things that she's mm. collected mm. and that is like her everything. Right. Um, right. Also, somehow, I don't know, Tookie's like an X-Men or something, but she can smell and hear the bottle of her dad's like tater mash, even though like when she notices it, they're in completely different rooms. Um, right. Which like yeah. goes to the theme of, Chucky being near whatever it is that she needs to be close to in order to move the plot along. Like, she's never... Yeah. She's never far from the plot. She's never far from, never far from anything. She's never far from anything at all. Um, I know. I had this vision of her also, like, not even invisibly stalking them, but, like, physically being just, like, right in between this conversation. Because the camera, right, if you can picture a point of view as, like, a camera, it is, like, in their face, right? Like, she's not overhearing shit. She is fully part of the conversation as it's happening. Like, she even sees people, I mean, this will come up later, but, like, at one point, like, a sound is heard, but not by her mother. How could she know what her mother can and can't hear? It's just, it's bizarre. It's very, it's very new author 
uh, vibes yeah. happening. It's a point of view thing. It's what you yeah. were saying before about how like mm-hmm. the point of view is just like really slimy and sort yeah. of slippery and less. It's actually um. something that's very familiar to me from reading Handbook for Mortals because <laughs> Lainey Serum does this constantly. She hear- she overhears everything. She knows what people are thinking. So mm-hmm. rather than just ha- making an omniscient point of view for the entire book so she that she could be in people's heads she did a first person but also like knowing everything which doesn't yeah. it doesn't work so um shout out yeah. laney serum we should probably yeah. we should do a special episode that's just handbook for mortals and i oh my God, and absolutely. i'll make you read it <laughs> i have i haven't yet but you know how much i love bad writing it's so it's I'll do that it. one that one's way worse than model land like tyra mm-hmm. did a way better job than um laney laney could never um <laughs> you could never so what what's like what's happening um let's see oh i love this um creamy is being stalked by people like chris is paying people or like he knows people he says that like he has people that are watching her mm-hmm. and i believe he levels an accusation of like adultery upon her he does um okay before we get into that i just wanted to really quickly uh, make one note about the dolls while we were talking about that oh please um, do so so there's one line where tookie says um tookie wish she could close every single pair of glassy eyes maybe if they didn't stare so adoringly at her mother mrs Delacreme could resist their charms and would share some of her love with tookie um this is one of the only moments that's like explicitly describing tookie wanting her mother's love and attention and it's like her versus like dolls dolls. so (laughs) i just wanted to point that out that was Um, good i thought that i thought that was a good line and i think it's one of the sort of few moments of articulating like an emotional exchange Mm. um or like a i don't know if that's like even a metaphor but it was one of the few times that like yeah the emotion crystallizes to a point where like the reader's kind of with tookie in it i i felt like that was a good a good moment for tyra yeah that was good um i wanted to point it out because in the next two chapters there are a couple of moments of like finally Mm. Mm -hmm. good things are happening so um yeah yeah the stakes are being raised so so back to adultery um (laughs) back to the juicy part Mm-hmm. Um. So. So. Yeah. So. Uh. Creamy is being accused of being a hoe. Yeah. Yeah. Your daughter's father, Creamy. Don't play dumb. That's what Chrissy yells at her. And then Creamy. <laughs> this is great. Uh, Mrs. De La Creme blinked confusedly. <laughs> 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 Come on, telling. <laughs> like. Like blinked would have been enough, right? Because it insinuates that someone doesn't quite know what to say, so they're like, you know, blinking, right? But adding on the the um the adverb confusedly really really hammers that home and extends us into like you know like seventh grade fiction essay writing (laughs) i would have Um, made her blink like one of her dolls i think that would have been way more effective like a like a porcelain doll just kind of like blink blink mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. but good a good echo of of yeah that would have been that would have been some nice callbacks but no creamy just blinked confusedly (laughs) uh miracle comes up as like their perfect baby but that's not who they're talking about the daughter in question is in fact um (laughs) (laughs) one of the lines that i circled is um mr de la creme's like every time i looked at that child's mismatched eyes I, I like, he basically is like, I don't see anything of myself in her. And Mrs. De La Creme says, but Christopher, you have one green eye. <laughs> but Christopher, I, you dumb bitch. <laughs> I, I, that's like, a, I don't even know if it's supposed to be as funny as it is, but like, what a great comeback. I it was is like, yes, so funny. It is so funny. I still feel like Wingtip is her real dad. For- <laughs> oh, God. 
fucking wingtip. I forgot about wingtip. Oh my god! And then and then, Mister Delacroix goes on to be like, I don't see anything of me in her. Or he says nothing about me lives in that girl, that circus freak. And like Christopher, that is pretty rich coming from you, someone who worked at the circus. He is literally a circus freak. Like he is literally, and we will see, especially Mm. in the next chapter with his clothing choices, that he is a certified circus freak and he like probably is, so he uh anyway yeah <laughs> um so they have a bad fight they're why why aren't they divorced i don't know but they're fighting mm-hmm. really badly and obviously tookie overhears this you know conversation that implies that chris is not her father which right. is a huge deal it's like i guess the first big twist of the book right really yeah very much so um, and, uh, and during this, and I will say, so by the way, like, this is a scene that's like, it's kind of emotionally violent. And like, if anyone is a, um, a person who's experienced any sort of domestic abuse, like this is, it's a rough scene to, to sort of in, endure because I wouldn't say this is really handled very gently. And because Mm-mm. the point of view does like get right in the face, like you see sort of everything and these characters are again, sort of like, it's like this cartoon form of, of violence and in a way sort of makes light of like the reality that this could be like really scary and it's sort of it was a letdown to sort of read along to this fully detached from any sort of like emotion because it could have been really riveting but instead what we get in the scene i don't know how you feel about like the craft of it but it's just it deploys a lot of exposition chris is like oh "Oh, i know all about like your secret affair (laughs) um i know that you got pregnant with tookie and disappeared for nine months and went to some like cabin in the woods and you wouldn't let me see her and you deprived me of like seeing my daughter born and like it's just very info dumpy but it's Mm. also couched within this like large fight and it's like oh we're not here for like the emotional resonance of like warring parents we're actually here just to like get a bunch of backstory on Tookie right and for Tookie to for Tookie to hear overhear it and to be shocked right there's the it's funny that you point out the whole info dump because that's one thing I picked up on. It's like half mm-hmm. a page yeah, it's, of it's him t- explaining it's... all of yep. it. And it's just really not done well. And like when he says like he literally says she's not mind creamy and like a moment like that should have carry a lot of emotional weight like that moment yeah. should be like shit for both creamy and for Tookie. Right. right. Um. And all Tookie says is, like, what? And she feels dizzy. <laughs> and, like, was this a nightmare? And, like, <laughs> like what else, girl? Like, yes, give us nothing. <laughs> yes. Oh, you're exactly right. And not that we need to read into the logic of this, but this is what I find myself doing constantly. Uh, Chris goes ahead and, like, he threatens Creamy with um, a paternity test. He Mm. shows her a toothbrush. He shows Mm -hmm. a toothbrush that Tookie had used earlier in the night. And I was like, oh, my God, what is happening? And he's like, right after the day of Discovery tomorrow, like, after Miracle gets chosen, I have an appointment at the DNA paternity lab. Like, a real place. The DNA paternity lab. Like, that's how (laughs) often adultery happens in Metopia, that they have a whole lab that's just DNA paternity testing. Um, And their plan is to... I'm sorry, Chris's plan is to disown her basically after he's able to prove that there's like no genetic relationship but mm. if you're someone who's like dead set on outsmarting your like vindictive tricky wife like you do that well ahead of time 
and I don't know why he's waiting till just now. It doesn't make any sense. Also, it makes me think, like, is this the first time Tookie has ever brushed her teeth? Like, that's how he got the toothbrush? I, I don't know. I had a lot of questions, not a lot of answers. Um, and it just, it felt like this sort of, like, empty threat of, like, now the timing's right for this plot. But if this is truly something that he's been thinking about to the point of, like, asking after Creamy and, like, maybe even hiring people to follow her, like, he would have maybe solved the case of this well before the, the start of the book. Right. Like, what triggered this? Like, what... Was he just fed up because he believed she watched T dot like the did the whole reveal like without him like what why now why this moment um he also threatens Bellissima and like Mrs Delacreme is like not having that and it's it's (laughs) it's like both funny and disturbing because like he has like a like a rage quit moment where he like punches the wall yeah like Um, the Adam Driver marriage story (laughs) means right and like and then like a few lines later like Tookie's mom grabs Bellissima from him and like this whole time they've been arguing so he's been holding her this whole time (laughs) even when he like punched the wall (laughs) she's that meme of like the like brad stall with the disheveled bun oh my god i i screamed when i read that because i was like he was so he was holding on to bellissima this entire time Mm -hmm. and like (laughs) (laughs) um i can't oh also okay before i make a fool of myself how do you pronounce the color puce 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 Puce. <laughs> I also let I me, also underline this and just let wrote, me make no. sure. <laughs> yeah, like go to let's before, go to Google and, and check I'm gonna this. make sure before I say it, and then it becomes a gherkin situation. <laughs> no. I never got the grace with gherkin. <laughs> Hold on. A brownish purple color. Poos. That's what Poose? YouTube is saying. Poose. Hold on. I just wrote no next to that. I said that no. line. I know Tyra was like yes. The line after it, too, where where um, Chris is like, well, Creamy, you're breaking your number one rule. You're making <laughs> eye contact with a crazy person right now. I was like, yes! Creamy! Oh, he got her! <gasps> How did you get in here? I'm just kidding. Hi, guys. It's me. It's Ryan. And I am just popping in with, like, a quick question. Do you ever listen to Celebrity Book Club and think to yourself, like, gee golly gosh, Claremont and Ryan sure have a lot of shit to say about other people's books, but like, what about their books? Are they not authors themselves? And the the answer is, first and foremost, yes, we are authors with real books. And second of all, hey, you're in luck because I've got another book coming out on January 5th, 2021. Woo! I'm going to tell you about it. Okay, so the book is called Be Dazzled, and it's a queer contemporary rom-com that takes place in the world of competitive arts and crafts. That's right. It's about two ex-boyfriends that are bad battling one another during a cosplay competition at this, like, huge comic book convention and, like, everything that's on the line. One of them is trying to prove to his famous artist mother that his art is real and reputable and that it matters, and the other one is just trying to figure out how to how to live life as his most authentic self. And so if these boys want to figure that out, they've got to find a way to compete against one another, but then also maybe work together. I don't know. You're going to have to read the book, and if you do, let me know how it goes, and if you're Tyra Banks and you're so moved to create an entire podcast about it, uh, consider the favor returned. I totally appreciate the sentiment. Anyways, that is quite enough of me talking about me. We are going to get back to Model Land and Tookie and Tyra Banks shortly, but yeah, just wanted to, to make sure you guys know that we are real authors. We've got real books. We hope that you buy them, and uh, and yeah, I really hope you guys check 
check out Bedazzled. Again, it comes out on January 5th, 2021. Feel free to join me at the book launch. If you want more information, we will leave links down in the show notes, but also visit me at ryanlasala.com. And that's where you'll find all the information about my upcoming events, books, where to buy them, signed copies, all of that fun stuff. So yeah, anyhow, enough of this. Can't wait to see you guys back at Model Land Stat. Okay, kisses. Bye. Mwah. Kisses. Bye. <gasps> Bye. Mwah. So there's one line also where um, it says, Mr. Dil- well, after <laughs> there's several lines. <laughs> the blows in this fight are they're quite incredible. They are the, the incredible. Vicious. Yeah. So Chris is like freaking out about mm-hmm. Tuki not being his kid. One of the things Mrs. Delacram says is, have you lost your mind? That sword must have sliced your sanity. <laughs> bitch yes <laughs> I, I underlined that and i was like oh my god this read yes Ooh, the library is open here at the de la creme household it is super open um mm. mr de la creme skin flushed puce no that's it well he keeps she keeps calling him crazy then he hits back at her and it's just like back and forth belisima doesn't get hurt though don't worry mm-hmm. Belis- <laughs> yeah belisima survives without a scratch she's fine they continue to argue the the whole toothbrush threat happens the mm-hmm. dna fraternity lab tookie's um, eyes googled that's one oh, line that i, I really loved <laughs> <laughs> they goggled they didn't google <laughs> clarabelle there's two o's in google there's two <laughs> Oh, God. Okay, we don't deserve to, to, to read and critique We don't deserve book. rights. We no. fully admitted that, oh God, yeah. we, that you are a himbo and I am a bimbo. Like, it's fine. We, it's... we This is the representation that stupid people need because you can see that in some areas we are smart mm-hmm. and in others we are absolute fucking morons. Um, right, like Tyra Banks in some areas she's smart, like Mike Modeling, Supermodel in some areas she's moronic like writing a writing a book maybe there's a secret genius to this i don't know i still am like of the camp that like we're really getting a master course in surrealism so who Mm. knows who knows i i I also think this is gonna drive me crazy i'm entertained um so then we get another like big shocking moment which is that chris is like we're sending uh tookie to be a factory kid basically it's a hard knock life. Yeah, she's going to be abandoned. And she, like, mentions that she's like, oh, I hate those stupid factory kids. I'm not reading this. This is just, like, what's in her mind. She's like, oh, with their dull eyes and their shaved hair. Like, <laughs> she she really reviles them. There's not a lot of pity for them. It's just like, oh, no. what? It, <laughs> how horrible would it be to have a job? Um, yeah. I don't want that for me. So Yeah, Tookie is very selfish. And we're going to see more of that in very a little soon. bit. Um, yeah. I'm she's, about to. She squeaks. Oh, I hate that is... part. Yeah, she squeaks like, out of nowhere because it's not even like right after a revelation. It's like she thinks for a couple seconds and then she suddenly squeaks. Right, exactly. It's because her mom doesn't like defend her quick enough, and Tookie makes a sound. And this is another POV shift. Her mother doesn't hear, which somehow Tookie knows, but her father does. Turns around and he says, "Just go for all of us," which is an echo of a line before. It's chapter really five, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, chapter five horrible thing to say but i actually i was wondering if you think so we sort of know that like toki is trying to go right like like the title of the chapter is like exo to her like exo discipline like she's just trying to go and i'm wondering if like we're gonna hear this line later but it's gonna be reframed as being like urging her to like leave a bad situation like maybe he's actually trying to like 
urge her to no. to do the right thing. It's not like as as bad as we think. I don't know if that's the case, but it just it feels it like is. a weird thing to to say in this moment. I don't think it is. I think that everything that we are fed is exclusively for us like face to, value. to 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 victimize Tookie. Yeah. I think that's what everything is about. Um which I also I don't know if it's in the next chapter of this one, but there's another instance that Mm -hmm. really made me feel that everything that's being set up is just 100% to make Tuki a victim in every situation. Um, So he he tells her to go and Tuki, she grips the rough curtain fabric and wheels back word out of the house and i'm like the whole way <laughs> oh, yeah. she the whole way and again she's close to the exit like why is everything close to like where tookie needs to be at all times like i want to see a map of this house basically the space is it's so like weird. the entrance and then like five doors and they're, and they're yeah. all connected there's no gets, hallways there's her, nothing her bare feet skidded over the dead grass <laughs> so she like wheels out of the house and she's like she's like vroom, vroom, like skidding around the lawn on her bare feet. Yeah, what is going on? It's just... Oh, it's the just pain was ho- so deep, the tears did not even streak her face. Yeah. Oh. Um. So she's like, I gotta get out of here, but where do I go? And then she's like, I know, Exodus. And then we have a... What was it that Phil taught us this was called? A, 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 a section break, I a think? A section break? We don't yeah, remember. We, asked, we, had to ask we don't know how to learn. It's <laughs> <laughs> really crazy, because she's like, oh god, like, now's the time. Her, her friend, Lizzie, has almost shown up dead twice, presumably many more mm. times because she makes a habit mm. of disappearing and going to, like, psych wards and things like that. But now Tookie's ready to go because, like, Tookie's like, oh, like, things are not safe for me. Yep. I don't know. Selfish. It's so selfish. And that is exactly, like, what I was going to mention. Like, she only decides to escape and to help Lizzie once, like, she is also ready to leave because of her parents' fight. Before then, she has, like, no interest. She's like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And, like, Lizzie saying, like, later on in the chapter, like, she repeats, like, some of the things that Lizzie says, like, right. oh, they're going to kill me. And, yeah. like, that doesn't make a dent in yeah. Tookie's mind until yeah. now when, like, oh, I might get sent to the factory. Suddenly, like, we have to go. And the insinuation is just that, like, she doesn't care. Right, like that, it doesn't matter to her enough to make a decision based upon her friend's right. well-being. Because right. she, it's clear that she totally understands the stakes that are playing in Lizzie's life, right, uh, and articulates them, but doesn't appear to be moved by them until there's an actual real threat to her. And I'll get into this later. I was thinking there would be a really good reason, like why she would say, but I'm going to wait till we're at the next chapter to to talk about it. Okay. Um. So we we get a transition, and like Tuki is packing. She's like breaking out. She's like by peace um she yeah. miracle is giggle snoring which of course she is <laughs> i crossed out annoying. every instance of giggle snore i hate it and a really cute thing happens where like tookie is whispering encouraging encouragement to miracle as she sleeps and she's right. like i might not be able to sleep because i'm used to going to sleep to like the weird noises that miracle makes when she's sleeping i thought that was cute and like her telling her I'll, i know you'll get in I hope yeah, Madeline is nice. everything you and Creamy always wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, okay, hearts, like, yeah. that's good. Like, you care about your sister. Um, right, it says she, she it, it describes how she paints XO2 on the front of her house, like, the night before. I would have loved to see that in the moment. Like, that would have been more poignant if, like, after the fight with 
after her overhearing the fight with mm-hmm. her parents, like she had run out and just written that in anger in her house on t- in front of her house, like I'm I'm out of here, like fuck this place. Mm-hmm. Instead of like like the next day, basically. Right. Yeah. They write XO two. I love this part. She hears a soft shriek outside of her window, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, like. <laughs> It's like Lizzie who's confirmed that she's seen the signal. She wrote her own XO2 on a tree. And then number seven, insinuating like seven is when we'll leave in the morning. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm thinking like being pushed to run away based upon just like your parents being like dicks, right? Like they've been dicks this whole time. Mm -hmm. Um, It would be much more poignant if there was an actual threat to her here that was like her father, for instance, like proving beyond a shadow of a doubt that like they were going to send her to the factories or something like that. But it's really just like an empty threat at this point i don't really know um but anyhow she is she's gonna start her whole life over and become a remember girl Mm. um that's an actual thing that she says which drove me crazy because she was so prideful about being a forget a girl but now she's gonna become a remember girl and uh and that's why she's she's running away um except and again this house is very cramped and small since she you know stumbled out of the front door from the office the other day so we have to imagine she's traveled a few steps and immediately gets caught immediately right away right away she has no plan to like get out of her house which is weird she she uses the front door at seven o'clock in the morning and her mother's right there being like oh oh good you're here let's get going like you've got a busy day ahead of us and she's wearing a matching outfit with bellissima like there she's like her american girl doll like i love that they're wearing the same exact clothing Um, minus the face cream which i thought was a missed opportunity minus the face cream right and she grabs like the duffel that tookie has like basically her like runaway bag and she's like oh yay like you thought of packing stuff for a miracle mm-hmm. how thoughtful of you and she's like mm-hmm. suddenly being like appreciative of her very strange Tookie's like how can her mom act like nothing happened <laughs> also i find it very strange that like going back to lizzie just happening to see the door is she like always just walking by just in case like how did she know, like, how did she know to come by? Well, they did say that, like, their secret signal would be Tookie doing this. And Lizzie is pretty desperate. So I, I do think that Lizzie maybe would be checking on, like, a recurring basis, being like, hurry up. I, my life is in danger. Can we please go? Okay, that makes sense. I just feel like, uh, don't they have phones? Like, they have TVs and, and all that. Like, I don't know. It just seems kind of strange that yeah. that would be their way. And, like, she just so happens to walk by. But... I'll a lot give of stuff you that. just so happens to happen. For instance, <laughs> here's here's some more just happenings for you, Clarabelle. So, so creamy like blindsides Tookie and is like, "Hey, like, good, you're here. Like, let's go." And then immediately, Miracle, who a second ago was sleeping, was giggle snoring, and and Tookie was like saying goodbye to her, comes down the stairs like fully dressed, also ready to go. Yeah, and, and she it's says like, da ta. Yeah, she says da ta. She says a full body wave. And then, <laughs> and then the door gapes open, like the door that Tookie was about to go through. And Mr. De La Creme stood by the car. He's also there. And so is Brian Quincy. Is there, <laughs> Brian? Any, is there anybody who is not about to catch Tookie sneaking away? Like, could she have done a worse job sneaking out of her house? The entire neighborhood is mobilized. ready Dumbass. to go. She was the last one up. <laughs> Why didn't she just leave earlier or the night before? <laughs> what a dumbass. It's so um, dumb. So Brian returns. Hooray. Um, <laughs> yeah. Mr. Delacreme is wearing his old costume that he had his accident on. So you can see brown stains on it. What the fuck? From the blood. What the fuck? Why? I hate it. I don't understand. 
Um, well, so you to- know, he's upset about circus freaks, and here he is in, like, a bloody circus costume. Literally a circus freak. I, he needs, look, you know, the looking gra- glass before the, the mirror. Whatever that saying is. He needs a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the hell you're talking I, about. Um, I'm so, not going to pause to Google this. Ch- Chucky is like, no, I'm not going. Um, so she finally, <laughs> yeah. d- like, takes a stand, and, like, everyone's, like, no, you're coming. Like, we have to go. And mm-hmm. uh, Mrs. Dillacrem seizes her hard by the neck, which is horrible. Chucky cries no again. Mm-hmm. And now she's, like, suddenly thinking, like, oh, no, Lizzie, which is was the moment that, like, I snapped when I was reading. Like, you selfish asshole. Like, <laughs> now you care about, like, Lizzie all of a sudden? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. She just shoved into the car um, like <laughs> one pan might of a bread pan into of bread. An oven. <laughs> I thought you would put a pan of bread gently into an oven, but okay. I think they meant pizza. I don't think Tyra knows what pizza is. <laughs> <laughs> she exclusively eats cupcakes and ice cream. We yeah, have she, established yeah, she this. Know what pizza is? I think they meant pizza. Um, <laughs> this this part really. I know this is supposed to be like high emotion, and I feel so bad for laughing, but. Lizzie is there. Lizzie watches this whole thing go down and basically their escape fall apart. And Miracle sees Lizzie like standing in their lawn and she goes, Creamy, there's a dirty girl in our yard. <laughs> and then Brian says she looks like roadkill. I'm like, this girl has had it hard enough. And then they, they drive away. They drive away and I can't. You go you go on. I just I'm not gonna be able to read. Yeah, okay, so up. it's like it's terrible because like Lizzie's probably is is like it's like ah, 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 like screaming and like Chucky has her hands pressed on the back window. It's supposed to be like the emotional moment of yeah. like like no, like no, but like no, we no. don't feel anything. It's just funny because like Miracle just called her a dirty girl and Ryan called her roadkill. Ryan, Brian, Brian. roadkill and. It's not emotional at all. No, she screams, so, and also yeah, she, no one else reacts to the fact that Toki is screaming her head off at this girl who's screaming at them. They all just are like, whatever, and they like drive away. Yeah, um, they, Lizzie, Lizzie is like shaking and like takes wheeling backward steps, um, and then Toki says, "I'm so so sorry, um, Lizzie. I'll be back for you tonight. I promise." And like one thing that I. I noted in this chapter is yeah. that this is a chapter where Chucky learns that her biological dad might not be her real dad. And in the entire chapter, she says no twice, says, I'm not going, and then says, I'm so, so sorry, Lizzie. I'll be back for you tonight. I promise. It's yeah. like 10 pages long. And those are the only things that Chucky says. Yeah. And this yeah. is not unusual. This is not, Chucky doesn't talk a lot. So yeah. this that is like, a representation of like how much exposition how much like description is in this book and like what little dialogue we have is usually coming from like creamy and chris yelling at each other yeah tookie is supposed to be the heroine and she barely says anything um and and in this chapter especially it really stood out to me because like she she says nothing yeah. And, like, she doesn't, when she finds out, like, where her parents are fighting, like, she doesn't say, like, how dare you guys keep this from me? Like, what is wrong with you? Like, how dare you talk about me? Like, I'm disposable. Like, she doesn't 
fight with them. She's not angry. She just squeaks. Yeah, she just squeaks. And I just don't know how she's going to be a hero in this book without a complete sort of change of who she is as a character completely right. because are, like, right. like she has no agency well there's also there's also not like so there's not going to be a character arc and i can tell you why there's not going to be because we're not understanding like how like in order for there to be a character arc there has to be a change right we have to understand where someone starts in order to understand like the difference between where they end up right they have to go from being passive to proactive maybe or from scared to brave those are what make characters really compelling to sort of watch grow and learn but we actually don't get any sort of like emotional reaction from Toki other than um that squeak that you mentioned and her being like oh no was this a nightmare right like we don't have her questioning the validity of um her parents love for her or any of any of that stuff there's there's hints to it here and there but a lot of the chapters spent on this like very elaborate fight that could have been really quickly deployed with like an actual you know overheard line or five or six maybe and then she could have spent the rest of it maybe ruminating or i don't know writing in t-mail jail about how she actually feels but we actually don't get any of that and so again toki just sort of feels like this like animatronic passenger in this plot that like just needs her to exist in order to like propel itself forward yeah absolutely it's just like we always say it's a hot mess i and i agree with you that whatever attempt at a character arc we're gonna have is not gonna be effective at all um no but basically, they drive away. Lizzie is screaming, and that is the end of chapter seven. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's do our rose and a thorn. So my rose is going to be that for a moment, we see some sort of agency from Tookie where she's like, I gotta go. And she's also showing some semblance of personality when she is encouraging her sister like sent like whispering to her that like good luck and like she hopes she does well so even like there's a slight amount of characterization in this chapter but it's sure. way it's super not enough for what is needed given you know the content of it but i, I appreciate that we saw something mm-hmm. um my thorn there's so many to choose from <laughs> i'm gonna go ahead and choose the domestic violence because <laughs> It's not done well. It's we going to be see... the domestic violence for me. <laughs> they're, they're, they're roughly handling Tookie, which is horrible. They're, they're punching holes in walls. Miss Creamy pins Mr. Delacreme against the wall also, which we didn't even discuss. Lost right over that. There's just salt <laughs> on this. So, yeah, those are my, that's my rose and my thorn. Okay. How about you? My my rose would be that for the first time there feel like actual stakes for Tookie doing something about her life. The the mm. fact that she could be orphaned and become a, a factory dependent for the first time feels like there's an actual like risk to her. Because prior to this, it just feels like she's like discontent in a world that isn't fleshed out. And mm-hmm. that's not enough for me. You actually have to have like an actual threat to a character in order for them to to kind of feel in peril. So now that peril's real, and and that for me was the the first sort of instance of that more emergent than it was in previous chapters so that's my rose actual stakes here we come um on page 79 and my my thorn would be the because you already mentioned domestic violence which is (laughs) sort of the obvious thing here really actually the handling of it because you can have domestic violence in a ya novel right it depends on how you handle it and how you write Mm -hmm. it and this is not what i would call well done or nuanced or really any of that 
I'm going to have to go with the, uh, on a craft level, the POV shifts. It was just so slippery and slidey, and it's a constant thing in this book, and it's really disorienting and um, kind of frustrating because it just feels so convenient to kind of have Toki really in everyone else's head, um, only when it matters, in order to kind of get plot details and otherwise, like, completely absent from, from the story. So, yeah, that, that, that that's my thorn. I completely agree. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for listening to episode seven of Celebrity Book Club. Once again, if you're enjoying our podcast, please, please leave us a review on iTunes and recommend it to your friends. Tell everyone you know about it. The more people we have listening, the better. We're having so much fun making it and we want to continue to make it. So just please leave us reviews, download, rate, do all of that stuff. And if you want to follow me, Clarabelle, on social media, I'm at Clarabelle underscore Ortega on Instagram. Twitter, but not right now. I'll be back in January <laughs> and TikTok. So you can follow me on all of those sites. And my website is clarabelleortega.com. And if you want to follow me on social media, you can find me on Twitter at Reality. You can find me on Instagram at Rye underscore La underscore Sa. And all my other socials, including TikTok and YouTube, can be found on my website, RyanLaSala.com. If you want to follow the Celebrity Book Club accounts, you can follow us on Instagram at Celebrity underscore Book Club. We're on Twitter at CelebBKClub. And you can email us at CelebBookClub at gmail.com. See you next, next week, Hot Queens! <laughs> lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.